Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we come to you this morning enjoying our time with you, enjoying the opportunity to be called into your presence, our covenant faithful God, the one who has declared that you are our God and and we are your people and that you will dwell amongst us forever. So Lord, we thank you for inviting us and telling us to ascend the mount, that we might be in your presence, Father, by the by the perfect righteousness of our Savior, the power of the Spirit as we come together, even enjoying the fellowship that we have one with another in the body of Christ. So, Lord, as we come giving thanks, we ask that the Spirit would work boldly and mightily this morning to all that are hearing. The reading of your word and the preaching of it would glorify you, that Christ would be exalted, that your servant would be forgotten, that his words would be protected, his mouth put in the right place. Lord, we ask that you would teach us and that we might leave changed by the Spirit, that we might leave loving you more, more excited to tell others about you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, if you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 18 together uh, this morning. As we have arrived there, uh, enjoyed coming up, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to see all the dear folks, many regular Friendly faces from the past, some new. And I'm, I know that at least uh, Elder Clapp is very excited to see my face as I got here. I appreciate y'all's patience in that. We were down worshiping at the church plant in Acts. Now we're together. We're in 1 Thessalonians. We're going to be giving thanks. Well, this is God's word. Listen, follow along. It is sufficient. It is perfect. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now you may have worked in a, a job somewhere, or perhaps you own a company, or you know someone who has a job and works somewhere. And they have discussed or talked about uh, something called standing operating procedures. So that there, there's a breakdown. When certain things happen, this is how the company or the employee or the person is supposed to respond. I can remember that you know, years ago as, as I worked uh, prior to going to, to seminary. And, and I, I remember the company I was at had those. Uh, if you go to the hospital and you're in the hospital bed... There are standing uh, orders, as it were, protocols that are given so that if something happens, whatever it may be, your body begins to react in a certain way. The nurse doesn't have to, to run to a phone and call a doctor and ask, what do you want me to do? But, but they just know these are the things you do, perhaps even by God's grace to maybe keep you alive at that time. And I know some of the folks here... Uh, have served in the military. Perhaps there's others that haven't, but there's 
There's something in the military called standing orders. So if you're like me and you were never in the military, you never served any of the branches, so maybe this will help explain a little bit. These standing orders were something that, that were understood so that you might respond in the situation without having to reach out to a commanding officer to be told what to do. Well, as we come to our, our passage this morning, as we read it, just a few verses here, very short, very succinct, very very clear before is uh, what we see are the Christian standing order. What it is that, that God has given to you, what he's told you, that you might respond. You might not need in the midst of, of the situation to call an elder and ask, what should I do here? But, but God has said, this is the standing order. You know it. Respond in this way. As we look at these few verses, we see that, that God calls and equips you for a life of constant prayers, of thanksgiving, flowing from your joy in Christ. We're going to look at three things together this morning. First, God wants you to rejoice in him always. Second, God wants you to pray to him without ceasing. And third, God wants you to give thanks to him in all circumstances. So God wants you to rejoice in him always. Where we will start is we look at these short few verses together. You know, rejoicing is more than just an emotion. Rejoicing is more than just feelings. Uh, if, it, if it were just that, it might be simple. But we, we look around the world and we see that both uh, believers and uh, unbelievers have these moments that one might think is rejoicing. Moments of excitement, things that they... Uh, are happy about, that they're celebrating. I mean, much of the culture in the world right now, I guess, I don't know about the world, that's probably an overstatement, uh, at least in the United States, this weekend has been one where we're giving thanks for moms, and then in a couple of weeks, we'll do it again for dads. And, and, and that's not something that's carved out for just a particular portion of people who are able to be excited about that, but, but everyone is. So rejoicing isn't something that is just emotional, it's just feelings uh, that one has about a particular situation. It's, uh, it's, it's deeper than that because, I mean, everyone gets excited uh, when their team wins, if, if you have a team. Uh, everyone gets excited. Maybe 99% of people get excited when a baby is born. Even if it's a neighbor, you only partly know. But we see a difference in rejoicing. You, you can look at a few places in the scriptures. You can turn to uh, Philippians chapter 4, Galatians chapter 5, 1 John chapter 3. These are good places to go and see that rejoicing is, is different than a, a simple emotion or a feeling. But that rejoicing is rooted in Christ. That it is something that, that is for God's people. It's a result of a changed heart. It's, it's more than emotions and feelings, though that would be part of it, but it's much, much more. Rejoicing is, is something that is established upon firmly the Lord Jesus Christ, who he is and who you, dear saint, are in him. Now, rejoicing is always taking pleasure and delight in God and in his sovereign will in all things. That'll be the interesting part as we unpack it, because if it was just emotions and feelings, then one would say, well, it makes no sense to me. How would one 
be excited and happy when things go bad, when things are hard, when things are challenging, when I'm facing trials and I'm suffering. But rejoicing is rooted in Christ, taking pleasure and delight in God and his sovereign will in all things. As we saw there, rejoicing is uh, it's for both good and difficult times, for when we rejoice to God. Now, if you've been a, a Christian for any length, the Lord's blessed you with that, uh, perhaps maybe more than a week or two. You've probably experienced a situation where, where you've confounded someone, where they don't understand how, how it is that in the midst of something you're dealing with, or, or we're all together collectively as a culture dealing with, how is it that you are not bitter and angry? How is it that, that you are not uh, just torn asunder, but yet you seem to have actual peace, contentment, and, and joy in the midst of this? You know, at some point, that's a, a normal interaction for God's people to have with, with others that are outside faith because they, they're confounded. Their minds are blown. Their, their minds are boggled by this great reality that they see that the Christian joy, again, is not rooted to just emotions and, and feelings. And it can, the presence of it is, is a reality in both the best and the worst of times. Now the challenge, though, in the midst of this, we, you know, we say that we rejoice in good and we rejoice in challenging times. You know, but, but there is a challenge that's particular to those different occasions. Uh, you know, when things are, are going well. Uh, when, it, when God is just blessing us abundantly, or at least those around us. You know, when the stock market is exploding and we open our app up and we go, wow, man, I might retire early a couple of years. I mean, when everything's going right. You know, uh, parents, grandparents, when the children are making all the right decisions. Uh, when, when you're getting praises in the labors, whatever they may be that you do, whether... You know, those were labors in the marketplace, labors at home, whatever they are. When everything seems to be right, the challenge that we face then, that Christians are confronted with, just like everyone else, but particular Christians uh, we're talking about here, the challenge is that we wrestle with the pride. We wrestle with the idea that, uh, that I'm the one that's bringing this about. It's, it's really my faithfulness. I might be one of the, the shiniest gems. And God's crown. I mean, he's, I mean, dare I say, I don't, might be lucky to have me. Uh, yeah. That's the challenge. When things are going good, to, to not look at the reality and the truth that every gift is from God. That God is the one who does all these things. And, and to think that we, we are doing these very things. That perhaps it is our great gifts, our great talents they're causing these things to happen, and we become self-centered. Our eye leaves Christ, is put upon ourself, and we are bloated up, puffed up. And as I mentioned, there's the flip side of the coin. There's also the temptation, the challenge we face when things are going bad, when challenges and trials are hitting us, when we are 
in our sixth month of dealing with cancer that's just ravaging our body. When we get the, the phone call and, and something happens, a conversation takes place, and we realize someone that we thought was such a dear friend, and they really are they're not. They've been gossiping about you. They've been slandering you, and you find these things out. Or perhaps you get called into your employer's office and the manager, whoever's in charge, lets you know that there just isn't any more room for you. Or maybe you're the owner who has to sit and look and make decisions about the three folks you're going to let go who have been loyal and faithful to the company for years. In the midst of all that, the, the, the challenge... In those trials, is to become bitter and angry and to take our eye off of the reality and the truth that we should be holding on to, that God is good, that God is sovereign, that God is working all things out for his glory and the benefit of his people, that he is caring for his church, that he is not distant, that he is, is not a God that cares not, or that he doesn't even exist, and we've been living a lie and just... Uh, putting a, a false crutch under our arm to help get through life. But instead, in both of these instances, in both of these seasons, we, we want to remember God's goodness, His grace, His, His sovereign power, and be thankful for that. Again, rejoicing, taking pleasure and delight in who our God is and who we are in Christ. And we look at the reality of rejoicing and how it's rooted in Christ and not in the situation, not in emotions, not in feelings. The beautiful thing about that is that we understand and we're able to, because of God's grace and the power of the Spirit, we're able to find joy in the midst of anything. It's why even in the, in the, the mind-boggling chaos of Ukraine, we can hear stories of of Christians who, even in the midst of all that suffering, are still holding on to their joy in Christ. You can go to MTW's website and you can see they have reports coming back from missionaries and pastors that are, that are connected with our labors as a denomination over the decades and, and seeking to help establish a a Presbyterian church there in Ukraine and the efforts and this and that. And they, and they send back these reports and, and they hear of all the ways that they're sharing the love of Christ. They're taking the gospel forward. They're trying to meet needs. They're doing all this. They're not leaving. They're ministering to the saints that are still there. And, and in the midst of that, things that I, I, I don't know if I could handle, if that was happening to Knoxville and buildings were being destroyed and it was burning around us and yet they, they send these reports where their hope and their joy is rooted in Christ and the things that will happen after how God is taking care of them and answering prayers and doing all this, but it is, it is Christ in which their joy is rooted in, in the midst of even these horrendous situations. God wants you to rejoice in him always. Now, the second thing we see in our, our short little passage here, these just a couple of verses that we're looking at, is that God wants you to pray to him without ceasing. This is another one of those simple things to say, but without God's grace working is impossible to do. 
You know, prayer is a normal thing for Christians. You know, prayer is, to Christians, is kind of like swimming to fish. Fish stop swimming, they generally die. So they do it. Just kind of, it's like breathing. I mean, it's probably very rare that you talk to a brother or sister, and they might say, you know, I just, it's been 20 years since I prayed. You just don't hear that. Because prayer is, is normal. It's how we talk to God. It's, it's our heart's desire to talk to our Lord. The one who is our covenant faithful God. I mean, it, goes, it flies in the face of the whole understanding that we have of, uh, of life itself. The awareness that we are living in God's presence. That he is not some far off away deity. But that he is, he is near we do live quorum Deo in the presence of God. And that we need him. And that we enjoy praying to him. And we enjoy praising him in our prayers. And, and bringing our needs and the needs of one another to the Lord in prayer. So we think about doing this without ceasing. It's, it is something that, that, yes, is difficult. Thinking back to those temptations we can face in different seasons of life. But by the power of the Spirit we're able to because our our very nature is, is drawn to that in Christ. A desire to pray and to, to speak with our God, knowing that He hears us. You know, something. We have our, our weekly uh, corporate prayer meeting uh, down at the church plant. Uh, it's a blessing. You'll hear a mature saint pray. The words of the scripture flowing out long, several minutes, and then it'll be followed up by just a, a wee little, a wee little child who will give one sentence that'll be profound in prayer. And it's a joy to hear them both. You, you can be, as we do here, pray here in, in worship. You pray during your chores, driving, you pray without ceasing all the time. Again, that temptation is to think that maybe we can handle this by ourselves. Maybe even worse temptation is to think that there's really no reason to talk to God. He won't listen to me. Doesn't make a difference. Doesn't have the power, the ability to do all his perfect and holy will. But those are whispers and lies of the devil. They're not true, dear saints. To do something as simple and profound and as important as praying. Go to the Lord who wants to hear you. This prayer is a, it's a lifestyle that's, that's rooted in rejoicing that leads to thankfulness. You know, we praise God that he's given us his word. You know, that's an amazing thing. We think about how we would be lost without it. Now we can look out at creation even as we walk out into the parking lot. I mean, it's a beautiful sight. We look at it, and we would know God exists. Romans 1 tells us that everyone knows God exists and the glory that he puts forth in his creation. But it's in his word that he reveals to us who he is even, even more. He reveals the gospel to us. We are able to, to know how to live. We're not, we're not left to be those who are blind, stumbling in the darkness. These things that he gives to us, and we... Praise the Lord for. And, and, and when we read God's word, it's just that, God's word. 
It's another amazing thing. If you've thought about God has broken through to speak to you, dear saint, to speak to his people. He is not silent. We can read God's word at any time and then respond back to him in prayer and enjoy fellowship with him as we talk back and forth as that joy drives us to thanksgiving as we praise him and thank him for yes the answered prayers and also the unanswered prayers as his providence is worked out perfectly in all things even even in ways that we don't quite understand and yet we still have the opportunity to praise him and thank him for how he is working and one of the beautiful things about the scriptures, too, is when we go to there and as we spend time in it, so if a, whether someone's been spending their entire life reading the scriptures, yes, they may have, by God's grace, the, their, their minds opened a little more to how God has revealed his attributes. But, but even those who are brand new Christians can open the scriptures and begin to read and learn about God. And learning these things can be driven to worship, driven to thankfulness, driven pray even as new Christians even as seasoned saints you know as you daily confess your your sins it's it's impossible not to thank God for the forgiveness that we have in Christ for those who trust him and know him so we see uh we looked at God wants you to rejoice in him always and and God wants you to pray to him without ceasing. And we turn our attention to God wants you to give thanks to him in all circumstances. We touched a little bit on this, but let's develop a little more. God wants you to give thanks to him in all circumstances. Thankfulness is the Christian's response to the joy that God gives us. You know, in essence, you know, we talk about how the standing orders of the Christian life is, is prayer, prayer and thankfulness. It is what we are to do. You know, as I mentioned just a moment ago, we study God's word, we study theology. I mean, these things drive us to, to worship and awe and praise. That rejoicing and praise and, and awe are, they drive us to, to thankfulness. I mean, remember the last time... Perhaps it was this morning, yesterday, a month ago, a year ago, but reading God's word, reading a, a robust, wonderful work of theology about God's word, reading God's word and getting to the end of it and having to stop and, and just praise God and thank him for whatever it is you just read about. Whatever was revealed in that, that passage or perhaps even that chapter in that book that, that opened up the great truths that, that God tells us about and God puts into order. I mean, think about it and take a step back. It is really hard not to live a life of thankfulness when you've been given a new heart by the Spirit. One that loves the Lord. It's hard not to. It's possible. It happens. We hit seasons where we're dry and but that's not where we are meant to stay or have to stay. You, by God's grace, by the work of the Spirit, can, can operate in these, these standing orders of thankfulness to God. 
You know, this thankfulness to God, it, it safeguards our hearts from becoming bitter toward him. When things don't work out. When the plans we have or had aren't exactly, sometimes nothing like God's perfect plans. It's thankfulness that protects us from bitterness. In fact, when we find ourselves struggling in that way, whether it's with a a dear saint or someone else or particularly with the Lord, when we find ourselves in that place, that's when we know. We need to start crying out and thanking God for everything we can think of. And if we can't think of anything, we need to open his word and start finding things to thank him about so that we might, by God's grace, that the spirit would be working, that would just rip away, blow away, destroy the bitterness that is beginning to grow, that it might be replaced with thanksgiving and thankfulness that overflows from our hearts. You know, and thankfulness also, thankfulness to God safeguards our hearts from becoming prideful when God blesses us. Now, what a wonderful thing. Standing order. Be thankful to God. Pray without ceasing. Do all these things. In this, being thankful, God protects us from becoming bitter. God protects us from becoming prideful. Man, what a smart God. How he works things out and works things out through us. Making thankfulness to him a regular aspect of our daily life. We might not find ourselves growing and maybe not as far as bitterness, but maybe coldness to the Lord. Or the opposite, swerving off the opposite end of the road into a ditch of pride and haughtiness. But when we're thankful to God, genuinely thankful to the Lord, it's... It's like the Spirit is is picking up a large sword and just cutting out those things, bitterness and pride, cutting the legs out from underneath that it might have no place to stand in your heart. Thankfulness is the natural state of the Christian life. We've said that a few times. Think about it. There's a lot of things that are pretty amazing. There's a lot of places on this earth we could go to that we could see and enjoy. There's experiences. There's opportunities that are pretty amazing. You know, some folks are gifted athletically in ways that blow our minds. And we think, man, I wish I had that. Others can just walk up to whatever random instrument they see and just amaze you at the beauty that comes out from it. And we think, man, I wish I could do that. And then there's others that look at math and it makes sense and they love it. And I'm like, God, thank you for those people so that we can have things that work. I mean, there's all these things that we, we see and recognize as, as good. And, and sometimes we look at it and go, man, I wish, wish I had that. And we don't want to forget the, the truth of the greatest blessing, all that. God works out different ways. He makes us different. Praise the Lord. So he brings all things together. But, but ultimately, ultimately, the greatest privilege, ultimately the greatest blessing, the greatest honor is being a redeemed, adopted child of the creator, ruler, and sustainer of all things. 
How is it that we read in the scriptures of folks waking up in jails, and not like the jails that we go visit, but like really bad jails? Kind of like we're throwing you in here to where you may not make it out. Or, you know, I guess the flip side, some of them are under house arrest. But still, they find themselves under the bondage of the state, chained. And yet what we have recorded is they're singing praises and thankfulness to God. We, we have recorded that in the midst of that, that, that many of those, their captors, those who are looking after them, that they're not coming out embittered against these people, but they are preaching and proclaiming the gospel to them. We see even, even the, the very jailers that are keeping them, that the Spirit even uses the joy and thankfulness that they're witnessing to, to prick their heart and, and cause them to, to want that. I want that joy. I want that contentment. And then God saves them. And we read of those things, and, and maybe it's humbling, it humbles me. And I think, John, man, put, you can quit it, knock it off. You wake up, just being awake. Being awake, being an adopted son of God. Who cares about all the other stuff? i got to start, moment one, being thankful. And I confess, that's not always what I do. Sadly, the reality is, is I'm moving towards pride or bitterness, not thankfulness in God. So I'm not trying to open up something to you that I think that this is just your problem. This is the problem of sinners. But praise God. Praise God for his care. Praise God for his grace. Praise God for the joy we have rooted in Christ. As 1 Corinthians 15, at the, towards the end, tells us, you know, our, our victory is in Christ, not in ourselves. We don't clean ourselves up enough to be able to come before Christ. God is the one that cleans us up. God is the one that saves us. God is the one that redeems us, who gives us victory over sin, even victory over death eternally. We might be able to be thankful in all circumstances. Because as we read in verse 18, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's his will for you. To be thankful to him in all circumstances. Spend every day thanking him. Or maybe another way we can even drive it home a little bit more. In the midst of all things, whether it is amazing things, and we're celebrating, or it's, it's hard things. We're at the table of feasting, or we're on the bed of mourning. In, in the midst of all of those things, God's saying, you know, hey, my, my will for you in Christ, in the midst of wherever you're at and all that, is to take your eyes off yourself and to put them on me. And with your eyes on me, to thank me. And praise me. That's what he's telling us. To give thanks. God wants you to rejoice in him always. God wants you to pray to him without ceasing. God wants you to give thanks to him in all circumstances. Dear saints, God calls and equips you for a life 
of constant prayers, of thanksgiving flowing from your joy in Christ. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our great God in whom we have our joy and have our hope, we ask that you would do just this more and more every day, that you would work in us hearts that overflow with thanksgiving for you in the midst of all circumstances, whether they be circumstances of celebration or mourning, in the midst of all these things, whatever it is we may face, whatever you bring in your perfect providence, may we, each one of us, your people, may we be those who in all circumstances give thanks to you. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.